Hello and welcome to another edition of Editing Aloud. And today we're going to talk about um, a conversation we should have started having almost 400 years ago, which is the land expropriation <laughs> without <laughs> compensation. Um, because we were doing it to them, and now, you know, the sort of the reverse is going to happen. Um, uh, as whites, the, the, the issue is emotional, as President Ramaphosa has already said. Um, it's potentially very dangerous for the economy. It's potentially very good for society. I frankly don't know what to think. We're going to talk about it among ourselves. We've got some guests who are going to call in. But yesterday, Tim Cohen, um, uh, Julius Malema and the EFF won a, a victory of sorts. No, not a victory of sorts, a victory, victory, without <laughs> any sort. <laughs> no, they, uh, I, mean, uh, I mean, really, uh, South African politics has been re remolded by this. You know, yeah. I, th I think it's really gone off in a different direction. This is... Uh, with this vote yesterday. With this vote yesterday, because it's not just about land. It's about, uh, the EFF has also put in question its sort of quasi-alliance or non-alliance alliances with the... Uh, uh, with the DA, um, which means yeah. that the DA could lose, you know, all three of the m m metros in absolutely no time. Yeah. The uh, and, but it was and surely it was naive of them ever to think that that association would last um, the beyond Jacob Zuma being president. Yeah, well, this is, you know, yeah. to, maybe you can say that, but yeah. I mean, generally yeah. speaking, it wasn't, it was an open question yeah. that has now been answered. Yeah. You know, the uh, so we're really on a different footing at this point. Yeah. Yeah, and Ron, quickly before we speak to our, f our, f our first guests, your what, what what did what did you feel looking at that debate yesterday? I mean, is it was it was it over the top? Was Julius right? Is, are there differences between the ANC and the, and the EFF? Do they both want the same thing? The EFF seems to want to mm. nationalize land. Yeah. The I mean, ANC doesn't quite say yeah. that. The ANC is kind of like careful about nationalizing the land, yeah. and the ANC is worried about food, food security as well as shaking up the economy and yeah. all the confidence, right? But, but in, in general, regard, I think they both agree on, this, on the same thing. EFF is more radical about it, so, but they, they're both not on the same page in a sense. But I think the ANC is just worried about how far they push it, and yeah. also the ANC for the past 20, 30 yeah. odd years hasn't done a, as good a job at it in, in, in any case, almost yeah. giving in to the fact that maybe the f our first attempts weren't well, but the EFF is more radical. Um, but this shift is al always going to happen, yeah. as you say. Post so um, is there a two-nightering between the ANC and the EFF over this? I mean, do you see this as the beginning of the, of the EFF going back to the mothership or, or not? Not exactly. Uh, look, uh, Julius Malema will use anything to get attention. Mm. Jacob Zuma is gone because he used Jacob Zuma effectively to, to, to get attention, and he did get it. Mm. Now there's absolutely nothing left on the table. And the issue is, here is, the issue is not about the land. The EFF does not actually want to nationalize land. They just want attention. They want to grab as much votes as they can. That's, the, the, that's what's going on here. And the ANC is playing along because the ANC resolved in the conference that it would do this uh, without compensation, but it now it can't now uh, turn the clock and say actually no we're not supporting the EFF on this. Sure. Votes or not, it's still an issue, right? It's uh, like wh whatever it's you can say, whether the EFF is playing along, all politicians want votes, but they're still underlying. There's an issue of land. The issue of the land is yeah. absolutely an issue, yeah. but right now it is not the, the land that is in question here. What the EFF is doing is to attract attention to itself. Uh, it's minus uh, it, it, it's biggest uh, uh, campaigner, Jacob Zuma, 
and they need something else. And mm -hmm. that very point at this uh, this thing now is the land, the the, emo the emotion behind uh, yeah. land ownership. That's what they are, they are using. We've they are never going to. We've do got on the line with us uh, Theo Boshoff, who is head of legal intelligence at Agbiz. And Theo, thank you very much for joining us. Do you get what Sikonati is saying when he says that this is an emotional issue um, uh, for black people in South Africa, as I suppose for a lot of white people as well? And, and can, this, can the vote yesterday in Parliament be implemented in a way that doesn't damage the economy? Hi, good afternoon. Yeah, thank you for the opportunity. I think the, the critical thing to note is that it absolutely is an emotional issue. But the, <clears throat> the underlying rationale of where this came from isn't that there's anything wrong with the institution of property rights. The institution of property rights is internationally uh, regarded as one of the platforms in which to build growth and develop economically. The challenge is that um, property rights hasn't been extended to the majority of the citizens in South Africa. So in other words, it's been the failure of government to extend property rights to the majority of South Africans, which has actually led us to this position. And how, and how, how does, does yesterday's vote go any way towards fixing that? It would have to depend um, on, on what the specific wording that they come up with as amendments to Section 25. Yeah. Because we know that they, they said an amendment must take place and it must be balanced with economic uh, considerations and the need not to harm food security. Yeah. It's very difficult at this point to know exactly what sort of wording they will come up with, but you'll likely see an attempt at least at some sort of balance. So there'll be, there'll be, there'll be conditions under which expropriation without compensation can take place um, and they'll have to be very clearly defined in law. It, it will certainly have to be the case. I mean, if you look at the current Section 25, and this is one of the, the challenges that we face, is that the emotional issue, understandably, is land. But Section 25 refers to property in its widest sense. So it can be movable property, it can be intellectual property. That protection of property rights, um, and as well as the provisions relating to expropriation, refers to all property rights. So the first interesting thing that'll, that we'll have to see is, is how it is possible to separate land from all other property in its application. Let me just ask the rest of my panel whether they'd like, whether they'd like to ask you any, anything. Um, yeah, maybe I could ask um, Theo, uh, Theo um, is, there, um, uh, is it humanly possible <laughs> to have uh, large-scale land nationalization not affect the um, the South Africa's food security and and um, uh, and you know the the sanctity of property rights is that or, or, I mean is, isn't that such a big contradiction that it's just impossible to fill that gap or do you see a way that it might be? I think there could potentially be ways to mitigate the impact, but to achieve no impact, I don't think is, is possible. I absolutely agree with you on that. I mean, if you look at the South Africa's agricultural sector. It's, it's highly commercialized and, and very mechanized, and we rely a lot on technology and biotechnology in terms of seeds and so on and infrastructure to try and remain internationally competitive. So farmers require credit for that. And financial institutions place reliance on the value of land to supply credit. So if uh, the value of land is destroyed, you'll likely see the agricultural sector really struggle to access finance. And the knock-on effect on food security will, will have to be substantial because whether you get expropriated or not and, and whether the new beneficiary is, is competent or not, 
to a large extent would be undercut by the fact that everyone will struggle to access finance, which will bring down the national production, which will mean that we'll have to import food at import parity price, which will raise the price of the average food basket, which once again affects the poorest of the poor in South Africa. Theo, thank you very much for joining us. Uh, much appreciated. Thank you. So, so go back, Sukhanati, to what you were saying. So there is, there is, there is a land issue, but, it's, but, the, but the EFF has got its own thing, right? It's trying That's to draw attention to itself. What is the land issue? The land issue is that, let, let's just go back to that armed robbery. Uh, yeah. that happened all the way starting yeah. in 1652. Did you say you white people took our land? Yeah. Uh, yes. We did. No, no, no one has returned our land. In fact, they went and took even more yeah. land from black people yeah. and then uh, formalized it in the 1913 Land Act and, and there's, yeah. there's been other dispossessions uh, after that. Now, what needs to be sorted out is access uh, of the indigenous people to land, one, but Zimbabwe has shown us how not to do it. Half of Zimbabwe is here, yet they have got the land back. Now, the, the, the ANC and the EFF need to tell us what in this current legislation, Section 25 of the Constitution, is not is it's blocking getting in the them. Way. Yes, they also need to go back and tell us. Over the past 23 years, there's been uh, land claims, there's been restitutions, there's been everything. The government is the biggest owner of land in South Africa, the state. Uh, which land exactly are they going to, uh, to, to, to take from who uh, and for what reasons? Why can't they uh, transfer the lands they have? You've got hundreds of thousands of black farmers today who are squatting on farms where this government will not give them title deeds so that they can uh, own yeah. the land and then invest. We've in also it. now got on the phone Professor Cyril Mbata, who's from, uh, who teaches at the uh, Graduate School of Business Leadership at UNISA. Uh, thanks for joining us, uh, Professor. Um, you've got an interesting approach to um, to what happened yesterday to land expropriation without compensation, and you put out a press release on it this morning, um, and you're not happy with what you saw. Well, um, I'm not happy with uh, the I just, uh, I just think that uh, morally and technically, like I say, um, in the case that I spend, uh, this is not justified in a sense that the state itself over time historically has participated in legitimizing the purpose of um, uh, in law we're going to let you go for a moment, Cyril, and come back to you. There's a very bad line. The, the, the point he was making in the release he made this morning, we'll come back to him in a moment, um, was that the state is, over many years, has um, legitimized, obviously, the theft of that land by creating title and it's passed on and every, every um, iteration of the state has so far done that and it could be sued potentially for allowing a piece of land, whatever the constitution may now say, for allowing a piece of land to be um, taken away without compensation. So the state he's arguing is responsible over centuries for, for the way land is owned. 
Yeah, well, I mean, uh, you know, I mean, I, I, when I was watching the debate yesterday, I thought it was really thoroughly depressing because, you know, there was this like explosion of, you know, uh, uh, grandstanding and finger pointing and you know all of that sort of stuff and mm -hmm. very little kind of specifics about what exactly the the uh, how exactly this uh, is going to be managed. So they say it's not going to be a free for all, but I, I you know okay. I, I I'm extremely worried that they have lit a felt fire here that they think they could control, but they're not going to be able to control when it when it you know finally sort of comes down to it. And you know it's a sort of it's, why, it's, why, it's sort of like know, a why, you're nodding your head, Ron. I why know. would they not be able to control it? Surely you can just say under these circumstances <laughs> written down here it is you can expropriate without compensation. But Peter what do you do who, who, who are you going to expropriate from? Are you going to expropriate from selected farmers right and you're going to give those selected farms to selected farmers right no, no. so who do you select? No. Which one do you say? You no. take do everyone? No. So you're endorsing take all the land? No I'm okay. absolutely not at all. Right. I'm, okay. I'm saying you, you don't say? know and, what and a farm is a farmer. <laughs> you have no idea. So there might be a piece of land that's lying. Yes, disclosure, disclosure. There's a piece of land that's kind of lying fallow and not being used. And let's say, let's say there's 12,000 hectares, which is privately owned. The Oppenheimers own a gazillion hectares up in the Northern Cape or Northwest, yes. right? You've been there. I haven't, actually, uh, anyway. All right, I've just been told I have to shut up and um, we're going to go to a break and we'll continue arguing with each other yeah. after this. As I was saying, so Tim, what I was trying to explain <laughs> was that you might you might expropriate a farm in order to build a city on it. You don't have to build it. You don't have to just ch ex change the the farmer. I mean, you you might decide that you know instead of having a whole lot of shanty towns around Johannesburg, that you build a new city like the Chinese do. The Chinese yeah. can build a city in a month. Mm. You know, I mean, we don't we don't work as hard as the Chinese, but it's quite possible that you could use land to change the. the the, the, the structure of uh, the country. And it wouldn't be a bad thing at all. You know, it, it need but be provided not it's not national. That's not the it? debate here. The well debate is not about, about you know, uh, expropriating really land to build roads and, you know, infrastructure and all of those sorts of things. That's completely legitimate. All governments do that. But this, this, is my, this is my uh, point. We don't know what the debate's about. Neither do you. People might think it's about replacing one farmer with another, but it can't possibly of be. Of course it's about that. What, no. is, what is it, what is it the, not? The why is it not? That's the thing that? with uh, populism, right? When, when you get a politician like the ANC and EF now taking something up, it's I come back to agreeing with Sikhnaz in a sense, you give him this issue, it's a hot emotive issue, and it's, pop it's very popular issue, it's great for 2019 and so on. But our, we, we must sit here and think about, well, can, our, can our policymakers as a stand handle this debate well? And I'm, I'm looking at them now, EFF and ANC, and I'm also, but that's my worry. Do they actually know what they're dealing with? Yeah. Here? And it's why I was nodding to, to Tim, right? Because, okay, th this is an issue, it is there, yeah. but and they're raising and it's great for 2019 you elections, but yeah. do they actually know what the that implications are? Like, that, that is my, that is worry. my worry. Because if you were able to get your hands on some land, you could do yeah. amazing things. You yeah. could create an economic boom in this country yeah. and if you did the right thing. They are able to define what the problem is. Mm. Where is the bottleneck? Yeah. I repeat again, the state is holding the biggest chunk of land. Uh, th th there are people, farmers, white farmers, who have sold the land that they've been owning back to the government. That land has not been transferred to people like myself. Mm. Manguni cattle are still in need of land. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, we got, we've got, we've got um, Cyril Mbata back from uh, 
the UNISA Graduate School of Business Leadership. Sorry, sir, we couldn't hear you that well earlier on. You're, you had a point of view about the debate and, the, um, and its conclusion yesterday. Um, so I watched some of it. So some of your guests are right that the, the the actual problems are about what what the land is then used for afterwards. And uh, for the last uh, say 20 years, we've observed that the the, the bottlenecks are around how much land first has been uh, redistributed under both land reform uh, programs, the restitution as well as their redistribution. And after the land has been uh, returned to beneficiaries in both of the, of the programs, we have found uh, issues in terms of the level of productivity on those lands. And I have to agree with the EFF around restitution uh, 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 claims where villagers or individuals have been put back on land that we cannot use the same yardstick in terms of trying to measure whether the land is useful or not. Um, it's been uh, documented by some of the research that communities in those land under the restitution can decide whether or not they want to use the land for commercial purposes, whether it's for social purposes, uh, for religious uh, rituals, burials, uh, uh, whatever, whatever it is that they decide on. But on redistribution programs, government has got clear aims that the land should be used for economic benefits of previously disadvantaged individuals. So now we've had backlogs in those areas, and I think this is now a reaction because the government itself has not been able to meet its own targets set at the 20, 2005 land summit. Um, so in a sense, yeah, this is now used, uh, I would agree that it is used as a political, uh, a political discussion for whatever people see. I don't agree, I don't agree that, I don't think it's moral, I don't think it's technically viable to not compensate people who receive the land um, and they've received the land under law and uh, the state itself has legitimized the, the status quo in terms of who owns the land, who participated, and most of the land is actually owned by the state that was previously stolen. So for the state not to compensate now is relegating, I think, on its responsibilities. Um, uh, and I don't think it's legal. It would require constitutional review, of course, but I think at, at the end of the day, it's not actually going to solve the actual problems of meeting the target in land uh, in the land reform project as a whole under the two programs that I've spoken about. Thank you. Thank you very much, Sir Limbata. Well we can talk about that panel. Um, uh, the state has been completely useless at transferring land, at redistributing it, at um, giving land back but at, at in, in in the form of restitution. Um, uh, that would be your biggest worry now, wouldn't it? I mean, about with this, that actually yeah, that this, yeah. this law would pass and it would just be a free-for-all. Yeah, I mean, the, um, the, um, I mean, there's no question. I don't think there's any question about, uh, the problem isn't one of morality. I mean, obviously there should be a land restitution program. Obviously, you know, that this is a, you know, it's a huge kind of political issue that has been handled in a sort of slightly offhand way. Um, and uh, the, um, 
but the problem is mathematical because you know you you are you, you know when when sort of whites arrived and stole the uh, you know land in the country or in most of it anyway the uh, you know the population of the country was you, you know all of it. Sorry? You mean all of it? <laughs> there was places, you know, where there were... <laughs> but uh, the... Um, I mean, the, 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 there was 5 million people, you know, 4 million people in the sort of whole of the country. Now we're talking about 55 million people. So the question uh, um, really is, is, what, uh, is, it, is it possible to, to achieve justice, uh, you know, um, financially, uh, by giving, you know, the, so there's 200,000 farms in South Africa. By giving those 200 with, that are uh, that are farmed and owned by white people. So if you gave all of those farms, if you nationalised all of the 200,000 farms and you gave them all to kind of black people, would that make the other, you know, 54 million black people feel better? You know, would that satisfy the justice land question, anger. the land anchor question? Jim, I don't know. Jim, the, the the whole issue here, black people are never going to be rich by taking from white people. That's that's just a fact. Two, how do you know if if Manjanja Manjanja Investments owns a piece of farm? How do you know if that is actually owned by Tim Cohen or by Sikonati Manjanja? Why exactly are you going to uh, to, uh, to to expropriate? Is, is is this issue about land or is it about race or is it about the EFF trying to be relevant uh, post in a post Jacob Zuma era? Is this not just about? You know, everything of black middle class and the growth that it had over the past 20 years has all been based on, I guess, unsecured lending. Because we have the black middle class have, ha, has never had access to, to land, to lend against, to build wealth, right? And that's always been uh, almost the step below that black <coughs> Africans have or white Africans. When this fundamentally, <coughs> the, keep a, a, the eye on the prize is putting some equity into black hands where they can borrow off and build wealth. Is that fundamentally and the question that all of this must one day answer the and then the from there you can build but if it's wealth, nationalized right? there's no equity to yeah that's so, 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 so even something the solutions here that have been are we actually solving the fundamental question with how do you build black wealth and not throw uh, not create Ap african bank or create yeah. a capital and give me unsecured lending and that how fundamentally right do we change and th that is why black South Africans are always like, two steps behind white South Africans, and they always will be until fundamentally where, where that's the problem. Where we are right now, no one is trying to find any solution to any problem. Yeah. We're manufacturing a problem that does not exist, and, and this is actually, I repeat again, an issue not at all about the land. The, the state is in possession of unused land. But what could tribal authorities? Yes. Millions. If, of if I stay on, on the king's land, the Zulu king's land, I can't. And like he gives me a great and it's a huge acre of land. Even now, I can't borrow. I can't go to the bank and, and borrow money off that land because it belongs to the Zulitini, right? Yes. These are all fundamental. All these things uh, that now, need now to young man, be you fixed. Better be yeah. a bit more respectful. Or it or belongs <laughs> to the king. Yes, of the supposedly, Zulu Zulu is my king. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, I'm not a monarchist. You really However, you can be a little less disrespectful <laughs> <laughs> to the person who owns your land, <laughs> who I think is in jail at the moment. <laughs> but Seko, do you really think that there's no that, that this is n not a moral issue? Um, Tim. I, I don't know about morals or otherwise. What I do know is that in South Africa, you've got 90% of the population, black people, who, those who can't buy farms, mm. have no access to land whatsoever. And then you've got the state, which should be holding land on behalf of 
the people of South Africa, withholding that land to the very pe from the very people that actually need it. Uh, the, the failure here has been the government. It has failed to... to uh, but but the, why, why, you, why is it withholding? What would make... Uh, well, what it's inefficiency, it's corruption. Uh, no. Just now, more, more importantly, it's politics. That's politics. Yeah, exactly. politics. Because they have to in, order to, in order to get control over the land yeah. that the king, yes, your yes. king, they've got to disenfranchise him, right? Mm. Uh, which they're never going to do. Yeah. They know that, that, you know, politically, they could never do that. Yeah. Uh, so, so all of the Nkunyama well, Trust mm. land, uh, which is huge, by the way. You know, yeah, it's sure. half the uh, of KZN is. Yeah. You know, the, the uh, um, that's why they're looking for a different model, which is to put all land into a, a you know a sort of quasi nationalized uh, you, you know sort of trust situation. Uh, so you know to get around this problem, you know the uh, which is the ANC uh, is looking for that. No, well, the EFF's original statement was mm. uh, was that yeah. they're looking for uh, for the yeah. state to nationalise yeah. all land. Yeah. But in the debate yesterday, they yeah. said they said they would go with the ANC's, and um, you know, which was a slightly watered down version. Yeah, where yeah, the yeah, government yeah. should own land, but not yes, they didn't say or, all the or land. They, or they shouldn't. Well, they shouldn't disturb the yeah. financial well, finances of the country. We've got just a few minutes, and and um, we've also had the cabinet reshuffle this week. And I was wondering, um, Sukhanadi, what you thought of it particularly, actually. Uh, On the matter of land, they put exactly the, the, the proper man there to deal with the Zulu uh, Ingonyama trust situation. Mm. Uh, Zulu Mkize. Yeah. Perfect. He is going to go to His Majesty and say, yeah. uh, we need to <laughs> get back the land from you. <laughs> now, give <laughs> him quite a, quite a serious that problem. not going to happen. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no. But and we and, and he must contribute yeah. first five friends, uh, Zolim Kiza yes. himself, to fight against to himself fight against because he's a Zulu man. Yeah. He will contribute five friends yes. and help the Ingonyama Trust to fight off the Zulu king at least government. seems to have a sense of humor when it comes to um, uh, interactions with politicians, mm. um, of whom I'm sure he has enough uh, um, coming to see him. But there were some um, surprises in the, in the cabinet reshuffle. Your friend and mine. Uh, Melissa Gagabas keeps his job or keeps a job in a very important ministry. Um, uh, Batabile Dlamili still there, you know, in not, not so great a uh, portfolio perhaps. I, I would, um, I would think Cyril is banking on the Hawks doing their job. Uh, so uh, they, w they, they will yeah. actually re. They've never done their job so far. Uh, he is hoping they will because Marusi Kigaba still needs to stand before a judge and tell them yeah. what happened uh, to the state, uh, to ESCOM and, and Transnet yeah. and Daniel. So he's completely in an undeserved position, as is Batabile Lamin and everything. I, 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 I would have loved to see Cyril put in Nkosazana Lamini in social uh, development, uh, development yeah. and, and fire Batabile Lamini there. But, uh, hey, but isn't it interesting that in, in the party, mm. he's kept his friends close to him, mm. uh, physically, and in the government, he's kept his enemies close to him, uh, in terms of his deputy, and in Kosazana, and Batabili Dlamini. Why would you do that? You know, because in the party you need people to look after you because you can't yes. be there the whole time. Yeah, I think like uh, I think well the, the reshuffle it's a bit ugly with regards to Patsabili and so on. But I think actually quite brilliant, right? Where you, you give Patsabili a budget of two hundred odd million. Can you imagine a million rand going missing in that department of women? They're not obvious. W where's it going to uh, compared to the billions she had at Sa at Sars and so on? That's so enough. <laughs> that's enough insults <laughs> from you, Randabi. <laughs> uh, that's enough for us this week. Thank you very much for joining us. We'll see you again.